I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 448, I had to double check so I didn't get it wrong, of the All Things Good and Nerdy show. This is recorded live on Sunday, May 30th, 2021. We are almost halfway through the year of 20 or bad, but I am Chris. Joining me today to begin with, Mr. What's up, bugger? Also joining us, one, Willie D. Nelson. Willie's creepy and you know it. Thanks for that, Willie. We're glad you're here today. And then we do have a special guest joining us. First time in, oh, it might have been about nine, ten months since he was with us last. We do have one Peter G, a.k.a. Sailor Poland from our chat room joining us today. Welcome back. Hey, what's poppin', people? How's it going? We're going we're gonna to have some fun today. I mean, even Willie's really excited. He's just kind of sitting there in a silent, reverent awe of the fact that we've got a four, <laughs> a group of four back here together. So he may chime in from time to time. You, you never know. Willie's here. He, he does He does things. He does things. That's, uh, that's good, yeah. So, he was an ugly fucking child. <laughs> so for those that are not watching the video stream right now, we should probably clarify for anyone listening on audio. Willie is running behind right now, so we basically just threw his picture up on screen. And I have the soundboard. And until Willie gets here, we'll just occasionally push the soundboard for a Willie Nelsonism when we require one during the show. It feels very shock jockish, but I'm willing to do it because I'm easily entertained. Well, well it's, it's his fault. He should have been here on time. I mean, that, that's how I look at it. You don't that's want to be I'm... made fun of. Make your presence felt. I mean, Willie, how do you feel about that? I don't care about myself. <laughs> well, this is a... Uh, we're getting some deep comments from Willie to start the show. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a ton of Willie bumps pulled out anymore, so we're about to run out of content after three or four more pushes. <laughs> I don't care about myself. <laughs> I, I thought about hitting you shall not pass, but we'll save that for later as to what he's yeah. getting into. Because I'm sure we'll get... I don't know about you guys, but this is... This last week kind of flew by. How are things going, guys? You first. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's been it's been good, other than delays on selling the condo. But other than that, lots of stuff has come out. Lots of stuff got done this week. Watched a lot of things. Played a lot of things. Saw are, a lot of news. Are you under contract already? Or yeah, it's just okay. the the like little. I've literally like signed and got my paperwork and turned over the keys. I'm literally just waiting for my check at this point. And so, yeah, it's just that got delayed and it's annoying. Yeah, but it's a good place to be in because you know it's coming. Yeah, it was supposed to happen on the 26th, then it got moved to the 28th, and now it's being moved to the 1st. It's like, God damn it. But yeah, it's done. But yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a good week besides that frustration. Other lots of good stuff has happened. That's true. And so my girl out to dinner last night. We actually went out on the town. Isn't it so strange right now to go back out in the world after so long of not doing it? It is, it is. And yeah, like going out and sitting in a restaurant, like this was the first time because like Idaho changed their mandate now. So like you don't, people don't even, well, it says like if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, which basically just means everybody here is not wearing a mask. Right. <laughs> it was a strange for us a couple of weeks back. We went up to Pittsburgh because I actually had been putting off a trip to Ikea forever to buy a glass display case. And we actually ate at a restaurant. Now we were outside under the tent that they had set up because it was nice out. But at the same time, like, holy crap. I haven't sat down at a restaurant 
in over a year at this point in time was such a sh- yeah for me for me it's a it's the opposite because remember i have uh i have my as yet unabated hatred of the world and during the lockdown when everything was closed out and you know people were staying home and stuff like that i'm going around doing my stuff and i'm like boy it sure is nice i wonder why i didn't go out more and now that the mass mandates are lists are lifted people are everywhere <laughs> i'm like i remember now i mean that's fair too that, I mean, and when we went out that a couple weeks back, it was like right when the mask mandate lifted. So it felt like everyone in, in there, everyone was like, we got to go out and do stuff. And of course, you go to the Ikea and they've got a big sign out there that still says, hey, we're requiring masks. It doesn't matter what the state law is. And you had a bunch yeah. of people like, I'm going to take my mask off and walk around with it as chin diapers and stuff. I'm like, wow, I bet you feel like quite the rebel that you're not trying to be good to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because of. It's because of people like that that I'm still wearing a mask, even though I'm fully vaccinated. I wear a mask because I don't want people to think I'm an anti-vaxxing fool. (laughs) Nah. Well, it's, I keep, I keep saying, I mean, we have people that are selling fake COVID cards on eBay. On my Instagram, I got message. Hey, do you know where I can get a COVID card? I said, yeah, get the shop, dipshit. Isn't (laughs) it illegal to sell those? I thought it was illegal. Well, well, yeah, but they got to catch you first. Yeah, fair point. That's so, sad that there's such a market that's built up around here. Here's your fake COVID card. Mm-hmm. Oh, my my favorite is that these are the same idiots that complain about illegal immigrants and fake documentation, but they'll give fake documentation about the virus. Give me a fucking break. Because it's my freedoms. Yeah. And and just to, and just to show that this is not a uniquely American phenomenon, they've now opened up. The, uh, there was a COVID clinic uh, for uh, vaccinations that opened in uh, in Poland. And now they're getting protesters outside complaining about that. Remember what I said about America and Poland? What happens in one usually happens in the other. <laughs> My ancestors, you know, we're supposed to be among the best in the world at science. And this is the dumbest thing. I'm like, what happened to you guys' brains? Yeah. You're not doing the stereotype about us any good here. You know that, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll say this, we're not back to normal yet, but we're getting closer to it. In fact, it feels so weird that like I'm going out to dinner with people tonight for the first time in over a year, because prior to the pandemic, as things were starting up, we hadn't really been going out to do that. But I'm like, holy crap, I'm going to sit down with friends that I've only seen like in passing because it's been through, like Facebook messages and stuff like that. And I sit down and have a little bit of dinner in a restaurant. I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. I mean, we're all vaccinated, so I'm not super concerned about it. But at the same time, like... This is such a strange sensation, especially when go back six, eight months ago, it was like, oh God, I got to go to the grocery store. Let me figure out what the right off peak hours are to try and minimize the number of idiots around me and stuff like that. And I'm like, Uh, I'm sitting here, I'm going, you know, when Black Widow comes out into a theater, I might actually go to the theater now at this point versus watching it on Disney Plus. The next movie I'm anticipating going to the theater to see is The Suicide Squad. Yeah, I want to see that too. I can sit out everything else until that day hits. I mean, and we're, we're at that point where at least here, only one of the theaters is open that's in town, but they are spreading people out and keeping barriers between people. So I'm like, you know, if yeah. you're going to, if you feel okay going to a restaurant where things are spread out, I think you feel relatively okay going to a movie theater and reading and watching current guidance on things. I'm like, I, I kind of feel like I could go to the movies again. And as someone who loves to go to the movies and hasn't in yeah. so long, it's really exciting, but at the same time, there's still that small part of me. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
Yeah, because that was yeah. a big one for me. Because like, I mean, like I had the streak going up until New Mutants, and like I miss going to the fucking theater. We're probably gonna go. I think the first movie back we're gonna go to is uh, Jungle Cruise because my yeah. girl is super excited to go see Jungle Cruise. So I think that's gonna be because I think that come. I'm not sure if that's before Black Widow or not, but I think that's gonna be the first one we see back in the theater. And it's like, I mean, upside is also yeah, they're they're doing the social distancing in the theaters here, and then also, if you're not eating or drinking, you can sit there with your mask on, like. I'm fine with that. It's like I'll wear my mask into the theater and then eh, if if I want to keep it on, I'll just keep it on. Yeah, I'm at that point right now where I still have a stash of masks in my car and I'll put a mask on as I, well, not as I leave the car, but as I'm walking up to a place that I'm going into, be it a grocery store or something like that, I'll put the mask on and do it there. I, I will fully admit the last time I got gas, I was outside and no one was in any of the pumps around me. I was like, I'm not putting a mask on. There's no one here. That was my act of minor rebellion. Bear in mind, I've also been vaccinated. So yeah. I am not necessarily the problem, but I live in a state where a lot of people are claiming I've been vaccinated, wink, wink, just so they can go back mm-hmm. to not wearing a mask and talk about how the science doesn't make sense. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. When did you get your degree in epidemiology? When did you become an expert? No, they, they don't even bother with the science. It's a, it's, it's the science is convenient to them. Yeah. Did you see that there was uh, that woman that drove into the COVID clinic in Tennessee? <laughs> doesn't surprise me. She drove her car into a COVID clinic because with people getting the vaccine, her logic is people are now shedding virus in places and they could potentially infect her. So she wanted to, you know, take them out. But we're yeah, it's shedding. like, you know, you know, here's an idea. How about you get the vaccine, too? Then you don't have to worry about it. But no, she's locked. She's locked onto the absolute worst part of the science yeah. just to validate, uh, you know, being able to, to hurt, maim and kill people. That sounds about right. I don't understand the uh, the hoops people jump through in their own heads to try and be like, oh, this is terrible. I don't want to be a guinea pig for this. I'm like, you know that this is pretty well tested and it's built upon the backbone of a lot of other vaccines and things like that. It's not like this is wild, wild west. And we're like, we're going to try this and hope it works. It's well, there's a lot of research that's built upon other research that's been done that shows here's how it should. Uh, well, it's like I said on my 45th birthday. Well, on the bright side, life is half over. <laughs> it's like i said I, on my 35th birthday on the bright side life is half over <laughs> uh, I, I, i'm cynical i just know i'm gonna live a lot longer than 70 it's like yeah that would just be my luck so. i think i'll go I, out in a blaze of stupidity before then i haven't made that statement yet and i'm 43 i'm still <laughs> not at my halfway point i'm gonna be a crotchety old man for at least 30 years you already are yeah but <laughs> i'm not my cane yet i don't even start crotchety old man I mean, time doesn't even count we until can I get, get you cane a cane that i can just so you no, have a weapon. I have to actually, actually have to need the cane. Uh, well, I have to get so old and withered that I need the cane, and then I can start hitting kids with it. Are you going to get the no, one that has a sword blade in it so you can be ready for your enemies? No. Uh, I'm you, more about you, having you, like a big metal knocker on the top of it that I can whack people on the forehead with. Fair. Now, you need to hit your pants up to your armpits and then scream at the kids to stay off your lawn. The problem with that is that I don't want to have a lawn, and so I'm not sure how I'm going to work you that. Go. Yeah. your meds and you think you have a lawn there you go <laughs> yeah i'll have it all torn up i'll replace with like lava rock and then i'm out there yelling about them to stay off my lawn even though i don't have a lawn no no you there just gotta go. do what my dad wanted to do that my mom wouldn't let him which is screw grass we're gonna get uh astroturf or just like field turf and stuff like that and he's gonna get the leaf blower out and just blow all the leaves off once a week and call it a day 
Nice. This is also my father who wanted to make the kitchen entirely tiled and have the floor be tiled and kind of have put a drain in the center with the floor that slopes so he could just pressure wash the kitchen. He thought that would be fun. I was like, you know? Hey, that's what we did in the Navy. Yeah. Modern problems require modern solutions. It's, it's like the man's kitchen for home improvement almost. I'm pretty sure that's what he took as his inspiration. <laughs> yeah, I think didn't yeah, didn't they have a you close everything down power wash feature? It had a dishwasher feature on it or whatever, and like they shut yeah, it and it where would the wash whole itself. room was a dishwasher, yeah, yeah. And they locked the butcher in there by accident was the gag. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it had its own meat locker. Yeah, with butcher included. Yeah. The man's kitchen, kitchen would have been kitchen. great, man. Same with yeah. the, the man's bathroom with the lazy bowl recliner. I want a lazy bowl recliner in real life. I don't think I ever saw that episode. I remember the man's kitchen episode. Yeah, I don't remember all of it. I just remember that the toilet they put a they turned it into a lazy boy basically, so you could recline and it had a footrest on. I'm like, this is ideal. You just do your business, kick back and watch TV. Then, hell yeah, 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 but yeah, eat like White Castles. You're gonna be in there for a while, so. You might as well do something. We're getting to that age where we're going to have to go and do all of the uh, prostate exams and stuff like that eventually, where you get to clear the system. They give you that special milkshake. If you had the Lazy Bowl recliner, uh, it would be a much more enjoyable experience. It's true. I mean, it's still not going to be very enjoyable, I imagine. I haven't had to do one yet. It's going to happen eventually, but I don't want to take the magic milkshake. I just don't. Uh, I got a lot of comics to read, so. It's good Willie's not here because we just referenced pooing and he hates that. Mm-hmm. It's, what are you talking about? It's his favorite. It's his favorite thing to talk about. Willie, do you like it? Say nothing if you like it. No, it's decided. Willie likes poo Perfect. jokes now. It is decided. It is decided. I don't know what buttons I even have for Willie anymore. <laughs> oh. Okay, I've got a few ready for him. All right, we'll be good for the rest of the show. All right. Uh, all right. I guess, I guess we've kind of bantered back and forth and filled each other in on things that are going on. And good morning, Draftsman. We see you in the chat room. Thanks for joining us. Perhaps it's time just to shift on over to the news of the week. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. Welcome to the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down in our minds what some of the most interesting geeky and or nerdy news of the past week or so is and share it with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date. I mean, Willie's not ridiculous. He might hop on and have something insane for us. You never know. It is Willie. He does have a way of... True. All true. I guess in the interest of uh, deferring to our guest of honor here, Peter, why don't you kick us off with what you got for your news? You, You told me a little bit via email, so I'm looking forward to this. Okay, um, let, let me fire up Rally here because I got the notes on here. Uh, okay, while, while firing up, I want you to cast your mind back to 2001. In 2001, there was an attempt to make a, uh, Fox attempt to make a pilot based on Electra Woman and, Pow- and Dinah Girl with Marquee Post uh, starring as Electra Woman. And this was back in the days when comic books were just, oh, that's something you laugh at because uh, comic books were just so silly. And it turned into a very, it turned her into a very cynical, uh, uh, alcoholic, chain smoker. She was living in a trailer park. She was uh, sexually promiscuous. Just completely wrecked everything because this is funny. And this at the time was seen as dumb. Now I want to bring this up because, as I'm sure most of you've heard, the CW commissioned a live action pilot based on the Powerpuff Girls. That is and correct. This- 
And uh, and I was one of the people that when I saw the cast lineup, I'm like, give them a chance. You know, this could work. Let's see what they do with it. Well, the uh, the pilot uh, got rejected. They're reworking it. They said, uh, well, there's elements here we like. We're going to do another one. And then the script got leaked. Uh, and I'm going to warn you right now. When I first read the script, I thought the script was a joke. I, I did, too, read, when like, I read parts of it. I was like, is this a gag? I, when I first read, I'm like, this is from 4chan. There's no way. This... <laughs> and uh, and keep in mind, I should have known there was trouble. I didn't know that Diablo Cody had written the, had written the script. Diablo Cody, who gave us Juno and Jennifer's body. Uh, I got what she was trying to do with Jennifer's body, but it was just a disaster. She her her shtick is mostly writing, you know, things that explore questions of sexuality. She is not good at satire at all. And putting her in charge of a satirical superhero comedy just was a bad idea. And then uh, Warner Brothers DMCA the script. And we're like, oh, my God, this thing is real. This is actually what they were going to shoot. Oh, my God. And this thing is, I don't know what they were thinking. I honestly don't understand what what they were going for because this was not Diablo Cody's vision. You know, that had to be approved by Warner Brothers, and they had to say, "Yeah, this is good. Go for it." But whoever the decision makers were behind this thing, it was horrible. And I wanted to read uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the highlights from the script. Uh, suffice it to say, I am now glad that this thing uh, that this thing. Uh, well, I'm a little disturbed because, like I said, they said, well, there's elements that we liked. And I'm like, what elements did you like? This this thing is unbelievable. It, it, it's so self-satisfied with how it's with how it handles its uh, it's uh, with how it with, with how it's handling things. I just don't get what they were after here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, where it, is I, I saw a little bit of it before you get into it. And I read that and I'm like, I had the same initial thought. I'm like is this just a spoof that someone put out to kind of get some clicks or have some lulls? And then when I saw, like you mentioned that it had been taken down, I was like, Whoa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, for starters, one of the things that it says, cause I'm sure you've seen that the cast of the live action is, is ethnically diverse. Well, in the script, they mentioned that it supposedly takes place years after the TV show and the Powerpuff girls are now, uh, are now at least teenagers, if not older. And uh, they mentioned that Professor Utonium had sold the rights to the Powerpuff Girls to Cartoon Network, and they whitewashed it. That is actually the explanation given in the script. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah, we're in trouble. Um, okay, so here's one uh, snippet. Uh, Bubbles Blossom's fine. I saw her. At, uh, I saw on her Insta that she had a boyfriend. I saw on her LinkedIn that she got promoted, and I saw on Facebook that she still talks to Grandpa despite their political differences. Buttercup. Coming back here is probably triggering, uh, they actually put in quotes for her, Bubbles. Why? Because she's the one who killed Mojo? I mean, moveon.org. Is that supposed to be witty? Well, one, you're talking, about the, you're talking about the death of, the of I guess, I guess the major villain of Powerpuff Girls. I mean, there were several of them, but yeah. I guess Mojo was kind of the, it was kind of the big bad. But to say. Well, I mean, I've never really seen Powerpuff Girls, and that's the only villain I know. But it's also probably because he's Ghostface. So I that's I actually met and talked to Mojo oh, Jojo. That guy's well, awesome. Well, I it, it, the I mean MoveOn.org. It puts me in mind of like when uh, when Eric Cartman describes someone's outfit as being so September 10th. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but Cartman's a dick. This is apparently someone being serious. So uh, another one, Buttercup. Floss, wake up or we'll leak your nudes everywhere. Off Bubbles for Confusion. That worked on you once. So if the girls are mm. are either just hitting legal age, that means that they were leaking nudes from when they were pedo bait. Yikes. Uh, see, see Bubbles. Like the only thing that was interesting to me, which one's the pink one? Uh, that's Blossom. 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 Uh, the only thing that was interesting to me was that Blossom is played by Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like that was the only thing that had me interested in this show at all. <laughs> well, well, but well, buckle up because this train ride gets even worse. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Blossom heads upstairs to, uh, where the bumping sound continues from Buttercup's room, then abruptly stops. Blossom opens the door and finds Buttercup in bed with Macy, the woman she eyed at the bar the night before. They've just finished. Blossom, oh God, I'm sorry. Buttercup, it's fine. To Macy, we're done, right? Macy, I'd say six times is enough. <laughs> uh fellas even when i wasn't pushing 50 like i am now is six times even possible <laughs> with with the right medication and orange juice yes it is you need a popsicle stick and some and some twine and you'll be good to go sometimes sometimes death by yeah. snoo snoo <laughs> or just the right amount of whiskey <laughs> The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak and spongy. <laughs> so, so yeah, Buttercup is a Buttercup is 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 a lesbian. Blossom has a boyfriend, but she's apparently interested in in Macy, so she's at least bi. I do, I don't understand where the fascination with characters' sex lives and sexual orientations comes from. I really don't. I mean, it's one thing to speculate on it, but when you have people launching entire Entire uh, subsections on fanfic.net about it. It's like, guys, I think you're kind of looking at the wrong part of this whole thing. Yeah, I don't think we should judge fanfic for the way a lot of these things work because fanfic's going to make anyone bang. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, well, a part of the thing is that w w here's one of the dumb things about Japan. Uh, the, Japan will copyright strike you uh, on YouTube if you're doing like reviews or retrospectives of their shows. But if you do a hentai doujinshi showing their characters getting it on, that's considered free advertising and they will not prosecute you for it. And it's gotten to the point where a lot of the new anime that's being created is being created specifically to get fanfic writers involved and do this stuff so that they can help promote the show. And it's like, that's what, that's where you're no longer working on telling a story. You're just trying to get, you know, a fan community writing smut about it. That's, uh, you know, what about an actual show? Well, it you know it doesn't bring in the money. So, see, uh, uh, newscaster. In the wake of Mojo's death, a once fringe group of anti of anti Powerpuff Girl activists have gained massive popularity in Townsville. Their goal to banish the Powerpuff Girls. News cuts to footage of the mayor holding a press uh, conference surrounded by angry anti Powerpuff protesters. Due to the public safety concerns, the Powerpuff Girls have been outlawed from fighting in Townsville. Not quite sure how that's supposed. I guess they're trying to go for like the quarrymen from the third season of Gargoyles with this, but that nice was, uh, well, it, well, it's, uh, but then again, the quarrymen was supposed to be a metaphor for racism. They actually had, uh, they actually had a, a purpose to them, not just, uh, not just there for a cheap laugh. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Blossom has a panic attack. Uh, okay. 
uh, narrator. Unlike our prodigal Powerpuffs, Mojo's son Jojo stayed in Townsville. Indeed, his dedication to the city has carried him all the way to public office. He was the youngest person ever elected mayor of Townsville. Unfortunately for him, a second term looks unlikely. Jojo, I've delivered on everything I promised except free gelato Fridays, and it's only because the perfect scoop turned out to be a front for meth trafficking. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, then exasperated, Alicia Lawrence has no experience. She's impulsive and reactionary. Gina, she's exciting. Jojo, you mean she's not a white man? Gina cringes. You know, you hear about reverse discrimination, but until it happens to you, off hurt. No offense, you totally earned your position. Optics don't hurt, though. Does that not scream cutting social satire? <laughs> it's uh, Wait, that's quality. supposed to be jo Mojo Jojo's kid? Yeah. I'm, so well, would, wouldn't he be like half monkey? If, if you're if you're uh, if you're an evolutionist, <laughs> technically we're half monkeys anyway. So <laughs> we can just do this. And for those uh, yeah, on audio, it. I'm moving my opposable thumb. Yeah. And for those on video, we have our full baboon here. Yeah. Hi, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, you missed it. We're talking about the uh, leaked script from the CW's Powerpuff Girls pilot. I'm sure that you're going to have a lot that you know about here. Apparently they had a they figured out a way to do something worse than the CW relaunch of Charmed. <laughs> nice pull back too. I I even watched it, man. I watched like the first like three episodes. The original Charm show was fantastic. I don't care what it says. I'm an '80s kid. Like me and Star Lord, I love Alyssa Milano. There's a reason his ship has that name. I grew up on Who's the Boss. I watched fucking Charmed. I was all about fucking P3 and the girls. I watched every fucking episode of that show. Then they relaunched it with the whole, like, we're going to do a socially diverse cast. The girls are going to be all of Latin heritage, which ended up being toned out to be a lie. Because, like, they were, like, I think it's like one of the actresses claimed to be, like, Dominican. but was actually African-American. Whatever. It was some weird bullshit. But then they kept the same... Like the basis of their magic is still based in Celtic, and they didn't think to maybe switch it over to like, you know, magic based on African cultures or mythology or Spanish cultures or myth. Oh. They just kept the same fucking magic tone from the original White Girls show and just tried to retell bad stories. It, it did not fucking work. One thing we should keep in mind is with Charmed and with the Powerpuff Girls uh, reboot or continuation, we're talking about CW shows. So the bar yeah. is not exactly high. Remember, hey, prior 15 to 15 seasons of Supernatural, man. That's all I'm saying. The yeah, bar is didn't they inherit that high. from UPN? Yeah. Yes. I'll see, I'll, <laughs> I'll see you that and raise you this. The first season of Batwoman that was dumb. You know, yeah. Oh, we have a we have a we have a gay character in the league. Great. What else you got for me? Well, clearly not writers. That was some of the dumbest fucking writing I've seen. It was hey, like if you think like, the first season of Batwoman was bad, you should have watched the first episode of season two because that was so much worse. I I couldn't. I, I mean, I did. I, 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 I watched this. Now, I watched the first episode. I gave it a shot. It's the idea of, hey, we're just going to hand the suit to a random person is some of the dumbest shit ever. Now, we should also oh. be fair by all accounts. And I can't say this myself because I haven't watched it yet. But by all accounts, Superman, excuse me, Superman and Lois is supposedly really yes, good. Like, it is fantastic. And they have social commentary in there with the kids because you have Clark and Lois raising two twin boys. And one of them is autistic and one of them is like the popular kid in school. And so they have social commentary in there without like that being the drive of the show. Like it's in there. They're making commentary about things that are happening to people today. 
There is social commentary in the show. Edge is taking over towns and bankrupting them, like a la fucking Amazon and shit. And so, like, there's social commentary in the show without that being the driving force of the story. It's like, no, we have an actual story, and then, but we're going to make it take place in the world today, and world events today make sense in the story. And yeah, the Superman and Lois is a fantastic show. I think I'm five episodes in, so I'm not quite caught up. But yeah, it's great, and it's really well. Yeah, written. it's yeah, it's it's like I tried uh, the new Shira that w- that was running on Netflix by uh, that's written by by uh, Noel Stevenson. And, uh, you know, this is apparent, you know, she's still trying to bury uh, her days when she was uh, when she was just being, you know, provocative online. But, you know, it's like, OK, yeah, it's great that, uh, you know, you're that your gender is sexually diverse. But the story is so you have characters who you had one character who was living out the fantasy of being a detective, like in one of her books, while there's a double agent running around. You know, at least in Wander Over Yonder, Sylvia at least tells Wander, look, you need to focus here. No, everyone just rolls with it. And it's like, you're fighting a revolution. Why are you putting up with this? And it's like, you know, gender identity, yes, representation is good. But ultimately, and this is one of the things that I debated with people as a writer, because the question always comes up, what's more important, plot or characters? And because I get a lot of compliments from my characters and I say the plot is more important because when a person opens a book or turns on a video, they're all doing the same thing. They're saying, tell me a story. And these things aren't telling stories. And that's where they're failing. Uh, Continuing with the Powerpuff Girls script. Uh, Bubbles, remember what a huge crush he had on Blossom. Weird kid. Hey, you know who we should should go see while while we're here? Sarah, she was always so great to us. Buttercup. Uh, Dad, Professor Professor Utonia, blew that one. You know, Sarah is obviously supposed to be Sarah Bellum from the original show. Dad blew that one, Bubbles. Yeah, now he just dates random uh, random beaker bunnies and science hoes. Uh, Bubbles, guys, how can you turn down an evil recon mission, especially when uh, when said Mish would make a perfect storyline for my documentary, Bubbles is Back. Buttercup, not to be confused with your other film, Bubbles on her back. Yikes. Blossom, aren't we here to investigate Buttercup? I'm here to pick up by curious townies. You're here to avoid... <laughs> Okay, I kind of like okay, that, that line. That's though. a good line. <laughs> as a, and as someone who actually enjoyed Jennifer's body, I do like Diablo Cody's writing. So, hell, I might need to sit down and read this script. <laughs> good luck. It's been DMCA'd. <laughs> oh, it, it's, oh, yeah. Because something was on the internet. Now it's not. Exactly. Yeah, we'll right. never be able to find it. Wink, wink. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're here to avoid Drake. Bubbles is here to investigate, but sh- but she forgot Butch hates her. Luckily, we're dealing with another hate boner, so alcohol helps. Blossom, why do you know so much about hate boners? Buttercup, life is one big hate boner. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, this is so- this is something else, and it's and you know the original show was by Craig McCracken, and it somehow ma- it somehow managed to hit that sweet spot between telling superhero stories and being funny. This is why I think the one Powerpuff Girls reboot from a few years ago failed because it's doing it. There's this tendency now to take the characters and just show the characters doing funny things like Teen Titans go. But that also removes them from what made them what they are, which is the superheroing stuff. Powerpuff Girls, the reboot didn't have much superheroing. It was all these wacky situations. The characters find themselves in. It's also what sank Thundercats roar, and thank God that bombed out. <laughs> um, it's it's just 
And like I said, when I read the script, I thought it was a troll. I thought it came from 4chan. And then it got DMCA'd and the head of the CW got involved trying to make statements. I'm like, this wasn't a joke. This was what they shot. Oh, boy. Uh, and, Wait. So should I say whether or not I just downloaded the whole 60-page PDF? No, uh, no, you don't want to get in trouble, dude. <laughs> but I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere. Yeah, pretty sure yeah. it is. Pretty yeah, sure it uh, is. Yeah, the, uh, all of that, by the way, was from memory. I do not have the script myself. My hard drive is as blank as Paris Hilton on Celebrity Jeopardy. Nice. <laughs> What's a science hoe? <laughs> Apparently the basis for the script. <laughs> Well you, well, you know how you got your ass in your base? Well, this is the new kind of base mama, I guess. I need an adult. I didn't write the script. Don't ask me. Yeah, we, we write things of higher quality here. We have Peter probably does because he actually, you know, has a cartoon. Mm. Well, Wait, we write do. things down? Uh, John, Waters would, John Waters would be appalled by this. If you're, if you're going to do something where you just go balls to the wall like this, give it to John Waters, somebody who actually knows how to do trash correctly. So th- they did – they're re- – they're taking that script and redoing it, or they're still tr- planning to go forward with the show. What, is that what you were saying, or am I misunderstanding? Uh, uh, the, uh, they said they're retooling it, so I'm guessing they're going to write a new one because they said there's elements to it that work. Uh, I couldn't tell you what those elements were, but they said there's elements that work, so they're going to try again. So like Star Trek, they're going to do a second pilot and see what happens with it. I mean, that's a good way of putting it. Remember, Star Trek got a second pilot, although arguably the first pilot... Yeah, the, yeah, the first pilot for Star Trek was good. It's just that they wanted more action. Yeah. This, I couldn't tell you what it is they want more of, because once again, this had to be approved. This was, here's my script. Here, add this, take this out, whatever, so we have a show. So this was, at the time, what they thought was going to work. So what elements they thought would work and what didn't, um, I'm... I'm clueless. I have no idea. Well, bear in mind, we should also throw this out here. Is I don't think we are the target demographic for this show, in all fairness. We're a group of white dudes who, in their who late is, 30s who is the to target, early 40s. Who is the target audience for the Powerpuff Sluts? I, I, I don't know, but I don't think it's us. <laughs> Again, well, well, the problem is, yeah, I think the, the target audience is maybe the type of audience that uh, they shouldn't be targeting. Because right. remember, yeah. for the most part, the CW's target demographic is not us. The The superhero shows were the blip aberration that started bringing in that older demographic that had interest. Because yeah, on the other side of it, the Netflix She-Ra, as a huge He-Man fan, I watched like the first season, I think, of the new Netflix She-Ra. And as an animation, it's gorgeous. Storytelling is great for the target demo, which is like 12 to 14-year-old girls. That show was not meant for me. That At no point was I ever the target demographic for that show. And I watched it going, okay, this is a great, really made, well-made show that is just not for me. It's made for kids. To some, to some degree, I can understand that. But at the same time, I worry that saying that, oh, it's not for a target demographic, buys, it out, buys things out of a lot of trouble. So that that wasn't my intent with that statement. My intent was more of maybe we look at it slightly differently than other people do. I think this is just poop across the board, the way it's described. Yeah, this is the CW, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They made Riverdale, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and uh, the and the pieces that made it up also made shows like Homeboys from Outer Space. So we've got a legacy we're dealing with here. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they uh, they took Archie and gave us the Riverdale show, which 
I'm sorry. That's one of the best soap operas on television. I've watched three full seasons of Riverdale, and it is fantastic. Like, did, start to finish. Every damn episode of that show is good. Didn't Archie come back as a teacher? Uh, I mean, I think I heard not, something about that. Not anything I've seen so far, but also I'm not oh. caught up on it. Oh, fair enough. I've heard this. Uh, it could I be, because I think they're on, like, six seasons now. So, like, at this point, I think they've all graduated high school, but I haven't. I yeah I felt I fell off of watching. I'm not current on it. I don't need an Archie show where Archie is sleeping with his teacher. Oh no, that was in the pilot. Yeah, yeah. Which is the also very the first episode, the very start of the show is when they start up this the year of school. You realize that Archie's been working at his dad's construction site, so Archie is all jacked. Like the actor shows up just all jacked as Archie, and then you find out that during the summer he started sleeping with his music teacher. Yeah, Dawson's Creek. Did. Yeah, but they didn't do it with Arch- <laughs> they didn't do it with Archie characters, and that's the difference. They also didn't do it with half the they cast of nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, Archie characters. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found you were uh, Peter was referencing it was Mark Pedowitz at the CW who was talking about it. It was quote they felt it was a little too campy and not feeling as rooted in reality as it might have. Those were their compl- oh, you think? their concerns. I'm like that, reality that that's not, and I figured out why it's getting this second chance. It's not necessarily because of Diablo Cody. It's not necessarily because of the cast. He makes a point in his statement of saying, under the auspices of Greg Berlanti and Warner Studios, Berlanti is uh, pretty popular in the CW circles because, you know, he brought in how many DC superhero shows have they had now? Seven, eight, in addition to a bunch of other shows prior to that that they've aired. So they have a track record with Greg Berlanti. Yeah, so the so same thing that killed Thunder, the Vibrarian. Got it. Yeah. So I think that's what we're seeing there is that... Go ahead. Thunder of the Barbarian was a hit show on ABC and it was doing really well. And then suddenly it got canceled. Well, the reason was because Gary Marshall, who had Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley and, uh, and Mork and Mindy, wanted Saturday morning cartoons. And there was only a little block available. And ABC is like, hey, whatever Gary Marshall wants, we give them. And they canned a bunch of shows. And one of them was Thunder of the Barbarian. That show could have gone for another seven years. But no, and then what happened? Gary Marshall's shows got canceled within a year because they because they just flat out sucked. I mean, one thing to consider here is just because they're going back and retooling the script and redoing the pilot, it doesn't necessarily mean that anything's going to come out of it. And let's be honest, if the show is close to what has been described in the script that comes out, I don't imagine it's going to get a very uh, positive reaction from folks online or from viewers when it comes out. So. I, Excuse I don't really know what's going to happen. Chris. Yes. The science hoes are going to love it. That's right. <laughs> Regardless, it sounds, uh, how do I put this charitably? Not good. <laughs> it's trash. Flat out say it's trash. Which means they'll just put it on uh, HBO Max, basically, if they decide to make it. So, like, here you go. If you really care, we'll put it on HBO Max. Yeah. Hey. What? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, the best thing you can say is that it makes makes the people at fanfic.net look good. That's the best you can say about it. There's actually some good content there that's not all about shit. Yeah, but keep in mind, I've I've seen the work of Bleed Man. I've uh, I've seen... uh, There's an entire entire online comic that's based on on an imaginary ship in Avatar. And the person who wrote it went through all these... Jumped through all these hoops just to make it you know, fit in continuity. Uh, which avatar? Uh, 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 the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Blue last Aliens? airbender. Yeah. Last airbender. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's called How I Became Yours, and basically the characters have to behave completely out of character for it to work. But by God, he got his ship out there. So, well, remember, we've also got wonderful things that have come out of fanfic, like the Harry Potter story My Immortal, that has been widely derided, in which I was part of a voice cast of a uh, My Immortal reading, which was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, and at the and and good things can come. I mean, remember, Gail Simone got her start writing Simpsons fanfic. Yeah, uh, she wrote it. They uh, Bongo Comics was impressed enough with her. They gave her a gig, and that's where she started from. So good things can happen from it. It's just that's not the way you bet your bunny. Yeah. Regardless, uh, this this Powerpuff Girls pilot sounds like it was bad, and I I didn't want it. To, I didn't really care to be honest because I'm not a huge Powerpuff Girls fan. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, Chloe Bennett's in it, so I hope it does okay because I enjoy yeah. her work in Agents of Shield. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Powerpuff Girls when I watched it. It wasn't like priority viewing for me, but it it had great pacing. The jokes were funny. There was one episode that was literally just nothing but puns on on the names of songs by the Beatles, and it was just brilliant. I mean, the and uh, and then McCracken left. They gave it another season. It fell off the rails. Then they did uh, the anime reboot, which just didn't capture anything. And now here we go with this. You know, some things you need the original creator to to keep it on track. Powerpuff Girls is one of them. Without McCracken, the thing just doesn't work. It seems like it. Yeah, yeah. it seems like he was able to get nail that mix. Like it seems like he nailed that mix of like cutie and funny and well written while still being, you know, good for kids but funny for adults. Like. Mm. Not every writer can hit that level of mix. Like this, it's, it's a hard thing to do. This script to me seems like someone's like, "Hey, I can use these characters and make them do whatever I want." If they're not really, yeah, from the way it reads and from the reaction, I was just skimming through as we were talking about it. They're not really reacting as you would expect if you were a fan of you know the source material. It's just someone's like, "I can play with these characters in my sandbox, and they can all be a little out of character, and I can make them do what I want." Well, and that also probably is why they hired Diablo Cody. Like, they didn't go to her because they thought she'd write an animated kids movie. Like, they they knew who they were getting if they hired her. Yeah, I mean, I'm... after Tully and Young Adult and Juno and Jennifer's Body, like, they know what she writes. Like, it's not a secret. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, she was, not, she would not have been my first choice to write this thing. I mean, if I, if I was going, you know, McCracken, obviously, but... You know, uh, his wife, Lauren Faust, she also worked on Powerpuff Girls, and we've seen her just knocking it out of the park with DC Superhero Girls. Put her on this. You know, get, you know give her her first live-action show and just let her go to town on it. She, I mean, she's shown that she can take, she's so, shown that she can take a nothing concept like My Little Pony and make it funny and interesting. Just give her, you know, some creative control and let her run with it. I don't disagree with you. I just... This seems like it was a misstep, and we'll see if they recover from it. I mean, it's entirely possible that they just end up saying, yes, we're saying this to save face value. I wouldn't be shocked, especially as as networks go and showrunners on networks. The CW is generally pretty plugged in to what fans and folks like that are saying online on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. There's a whole argument that it's because of Tumblr fans. They went a certain path on the TV show Arrow because of how much they pushed a certain relationship on there. So the CW is seemingly more open to fan criticism or fan reactions 
than other networks. So it's possible we're done with this one. Well, it's, well, I mean, uh, uh, there was a comedian named Robert Schimmel who did a pilot for Fox. It didn't test well, and they said they were retooling it. And, you know, it was five years later and he died of cancer and they still didn't reshoot the pilot. So it's possible that, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's good. It could just be their way of, uh, you know, oh, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. And then you just kind of forget about it. You know, kind of like the politician who goes on uh, vacation indefinitely. No, I wasn't voted out. I didn't quit. I'm just taking a break. Well, right. I'll be back. I'll be back on the gig before you know it. So, like I said, I, if I were a betting man, I would not be surprised if this did not, you know, actually ever make yeah, what? Well, well it, I mean, if, if, the, if the preview went out, if people saw the pilot enough that it tested poorly, I mean, I've got, a, I've got like the Wonder Woman pilot with Adrian Palicki. It's, yeah. People are going to want to see the train wreck. This is going to get out sooner or later. I can guarantee you right now there are people putting bounties on the Rare Video Club, on the Rare Video Forums, saying, we want to see this and we'll pay this to see it. Someone's going to dig it up. And if you subscribe to HBO Max, you too can watch this show when we put it exclusively Maybe. on HBO Max. Yeah. You get your $9 hey, a month. I got I HBO could, Max. I <laughs> can see him doing that. It's definitely possible. And I, I watched the Adrian Palicki Wonder Woman pilot too. I was actually kind of a little sad that show didn't get made after I saw that pilot because it had like a good, it was like 75% of a really good show. Like yeah, it was really close. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't horrible. It just it, it just needed a little more polish is all I think. Yeah, it was it was really close to being like a really good version. And, and her version of Diana was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. So it, you just it, you just some shows you look in your go. Why didn't you try harder with this? And uh, yeah, discovery. And then some of them you're just like, no, this deserved to stay buried. Uh Please, just just no. This is not working. Well, we'll just have to wait and see what comes of it. I think I've made my opinion fairly well known. Willie, what do you think is going to happen? I think the uh, the beaker hose. What was beaker it? The beaker. The beaker bunnies. I <laughs> yeah, like the alliteration. Hose and beaker bunnies. <laughs> Where are? Who thought of? Why is that a? It's going to be terrible. There's no joke to it. It's just going to be terrible. That's what they go with. They hurt Willie's brain. I I think, yeah, I was about to say, I think Willie's brain broke on us. Well, I mean, that's not the first or the last time we break him on. Raising. Today it wasn't even with poop jokes. Yeah, we didn't even poop jokes. He missed those. Willie's Willie's upset now. We should move on to the next news story. I'll take this one so that Willie can have a moment to collect himself. Uh, I don't know if you guys had seen, but Amazon did a little more uh, spending of cash this week, dropping $8.45 billion to acquire Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Movie Studio. You know, MGM. The acquisition, they said, will empower MGM to continue to do what they best, which is great storytelling. So what all does MGM give up, or what all does Amazon acquire from MGM? That includes a library of more than 4,000 films, 17,000 TV shows, includes films released after 1986. Earlier libraries are controlled by Turner Entertainment, so that means they don't get Wizard of Oz or things like that, but they do get everything. And it is likely that they are going to have a streaming service. So why is this a big deal? There's a crap load of TV they can add there. A lot of people are also talking about the fact that means they own the movie rights to James Bond now which means we might actually see No Time to Die at some months since it was supposed to come out and they keep shifting it right. 
Now, it gets interesting, though, because I guess they only own 50% of the rights of Bond in the Broccoli family. Yeah, because the family still controls it, but that just means that, yeah, we're going to see all the Bond stuff on Amazon Prime the way we see all the Tom Clancy stuff. I hope that all means we... I would love to get a Bond It's going to happen, because we've seen them do good stuff with... Yeah. Which I thought we was really good. All the Bond movies or just the ones that Brussels did? The, the original or, Casino Royale. Broccoli, broccoli, broccoli. The Broccoli family did all of them. There are vegetables. Get yeah, off been, me. As far as I know, they've been involved. They've been involved in every Bond film because that family uh, no, owns no. the rights, don't they? Wasn't there a split one time when uh, Sean Connery came back? There was a weird one that exists outside like of the regular Thunderball, Bond movies. They were based on the same story, and they both came out the same time. Yeah, and Connery was a little too old for the role at the time too. He was struggling through it. You could tell. And Connery was technically not with the broccolis for this one right yeah there is one off like that i don't remember which one it is but yeah it's like thunderball uh, right yeah yeah it's it's a complicated thing but yeah thunderball is basically the only script that is not exclusively controlled by the broccolis and that's why and that's why not only was it remade as never say never but they were also talking about at the time when he was writing high because of independence day getting roland emmerich to direct another remake of it it's basically the only one that the broccoli family can't shut down I don't remember the details. It's a, it's a complicated rights issue. But yes, there is one that people can take and remake if they want. The problem is, is that, well, it, they don't do a very good job of it when they do. Right. So, Willie's brain good for something. <laughs> <laughs> so some other characters that now Amazon should have the rights to, according to this article at Polygon, includes Rocky, as in Rocky Balboa, the um, Legally Blonde uh, series, Bully? the Pink Panther, poltergeist and they even have the rights to dr hannibal lecter although they don't own things like clary starling and a few other things that tie into that universe because again complicated rights and things like that wait 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 wait. Mm-hmm. so they own the rights to red dragon but not silence of the lambs no not not exactly uh, uh, uh basically clary starling was created for the movie and that's why the company that made the movie has and that's why clarice is on paramount because she was not the original character in the book. But she's an original character in the movie, so the studio gets the rights to that character. Wait, wait, wait. You tell me she's not a character in Silence of the Lambs? The not book. That's the original book. I, the original book was Red Dragon, which was the first in the series, which didn't have Clarice. I know that much because I read it. That shit was pretty damn good. Also, yes. based on uh, they made a movie in the 80s, Manhunter, mm-hmm. made by uh, What's Nuts? Uh, then they remade it called Red Dragon with uh, uh, Edward Norton. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm looking this up because this doesn't sound right. Well, the important thing I wanted to bring up with this acquisition is, yeah, they've got all this other stuff. But here's something that we didn't talk about that I'm really excited about because I grew up watching a bunch of this franchise on the sci-fi channel. They also get the rights to Stargate. You know, a series that SG-1 had 10 seasons, Atlantis had five. It was fairly successful. And there's been a lot of talk of the showrunners of Stargate trying to bring it back in some way, shape, or form, including bringing the original cast back to play their similar characters, maybe not necessarily in the starring roles. But there was not a lot of traction on it. There was minimal interest. Now we've got... So, more MacGyver? He's the only one I think that they hadn't gotten signed on to come and appear yet. <laughs> but they had talked like Amanda Tapping and Michael Shanks and I think Christopher Judge from what I'd been reading online. But the interesting and important thing here is now is that Amazon has the rights to the Stargate series. J. 
Jeff Bezos is the reason why uh, The Expanse continued because he liked the show and basically had them buy it. So there is a precedent there for them wanting original science fiction content on their streaming services. So at the very least, they'll have the entire back catalog and Amazon has shown an interest in sci-fi storytelling. Maybe this makes the uh, Stargate continuation series or more tales about Stargate more likely to happen. And as someone who loved that yeah. series, the movie was okay, but the series I really loved. I I'm really hoping this is a cautious moment of optimism for more Stargate. And oh, also, I mean, sure. it really does put prime a little more on par with Netflix buying a giant catalog like this with all of MGM stuff in it. Like prime has been building up their catalog. I mean, it's not like they haven't been spending money. Like yeah. there's lots of shows on prime, but right. like Netflix has still been like the big, like, it was the biggest catalog. Like we go on Netflix, like there's just too much to watch still. But like this, I mean, this acquisition will definitely put Amazon more in the battle of being like, hey, we have a catalog, we have a library as big as Netflix. Seventeen thousand TV is part of this acquisition. Yikes! That yeah, includes also, and if we, th this might go slightly political for a second. My apologies. That also includes a show called The Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice, in which there are supposedly tapes of a certain person saying uncouth, mm. racist, and terrible things that they couldn't release up until now. Well, Jeff Bezos and that person don't like each other, so who knows? Maybe those tapes see the light of day now. Wouldn't it be awesome if he did all of this just to do that? <laughs> just to be if a giant middle so, finger. He's just so bored on his giant pile of money. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go buy MGM because then I get all the footage from The Apprentice and I can just ruin some pathetic asshole. People aren't sure I how those rights not. work out as to whether he could do that or not, but it was just something I read and I yeah, started laughing. If, <laughs> well, and if he does, so what, what are they going to do? Sue him? Yeah. Like, he's got an army of lawyers. Like, what, what's he afraid of? <laughs> I hope they don't because I don't need... Uh, 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 I just don't need rich people to, to, to diss each other, to send out diss tracks to each other. I don't need that. I don't think world. it's actually going to happen, but I read it and laughed and went, okay, this is actually kind of funny and figured I would share it on the show. And that's about the extent of as deep as we need to go into it. You guys can read between the lines, know who it is that we're talking about and things like that. But let's steer away from the political aspect. You steered us to it. <laughs> Lightly, just to tell the story. I'm more yeah, excited well, about the fact we might get more Stargate. Uh, are you really a fan of Stargate? Yes. So you play God of War then? I have played God of all War, of not all the way through. Didn't you? I yeah, haven't played uh -huh. it all the way through yet. Uh -huh. But I do have the entire box set of Stargate SG-1 sitting on my DVD shelf upstairs and the entire run of Stargate Atlantis on Blu-ray sitting right next to it, plus all of the DVD movies that came out. So I am a Stargate fan. All the DVD There was direct-to-DVD videos that oh, came okay, out. Sorry, okay, okay, sorry. Okay. I, I cut off part of that. But like they had... Two Stargate SG-1 direct-to-DVD stories that, excuse me, finished the story of Stargate because they, it's good stuff, man. I love it. I want to see yeah. more in that universe. And I, I'm probably just reading way too hopefully into this news, but it is kind of nice to see that there's been speculation and uh, Wright and Cooper, who were the two showrunners, have been talking about wanting to bring it back and talking to original cast to bring them back in some capacity. And then this happens and I go, hmm, this might open that door. I'm excited. Well, and since uh, MGM owns Dumb and Dumber, so what Chris is saying is, you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. <laughs> so that's my news. Amazon spent a crap load of money, and everyone's excited about Bond. I'm excited about the <laughs> draftsman in the chat room. Chris is just a fan of the original Star Showtime Stargate that had nudity. 
Yes, because okay. Stargate originally came out on Showtime and they made them put nudity in it. I remember when that first episode came out. I was like, oh, that's a booby. Yeah, everyone's like, how the hell did this happen? They did do a recut of the first episode that is now included, like whenever they re air it. And Boo! Well, Pop TV is not going to show you a booby right now because I think yeah. this only plays airing Stargate currently. This is probably the first and last time I've ever heard of Pop TV. <laughs> it's it's owned by I can't even remember who, but they basically just stream a lot of TV shows from the '90s and 2000, early 2000s. Chris, Chris, that wasn't an invitation to tell me more about them. I've recorded stuff on there because they had Stargate and Battlestar on there, and I was like, "Ha ha! I love these shows." It's the Chris Channel. <laughs> Chris, yeah. I didn't want to hear more about them. You don't want to know about the fact they also have House M. How about ER, classic show from the '90s? Keep on going. You don't want to hear anymore. I don't know. No, any other keep on going. I'm right gonna let you tie yourself out. <laughs> In Starship Troopers, would you like to know more? Yeah. Would you like to know? Would more? you like to know more, Willie? No. Here. <laughs> I do love Starship. And then Troopers. they make the X button, just like a little mobile game, just like that tiny right there. Yeah, there you go. A little ad. Boop. Uh huh. Miss Click it. Oh, guess what? Another ad time. The ad is his penis. I'm sorry. I was doing a Captain Hammer ripoff. My penis. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it that's my it for penis. my news uh mr bachman what you got for us sir uh we had some big doings going on this week with uh dead by daylight they announced a whole bunch of stuff uh during their fifth year anniversary uh let's see you got the breakdown here that's in the show notes uh the big thing of course was the release of more information about the resident evil chapter and what's going on with that uh, they did a walk over the game of how it's grown, you know, over the course of the last five years. Uh, Matt Cote, the main guy at Behavior, did like a little fireside chat, which was kind of cool. Talking about how it's gone from three killers and four survivors when the game launched to now 24 killers and 27 survivors, which is currently on the live game. And calling itself, uh, as it well, established itself as gaming's horror hall of fame. It's close because we still need Jason and the real Freddy, but they're they're getting there. They're getting there. It's definitely it's definitely like probably the best horror game that's out. That's been a continuing evolving game over the last five years. Like I'll give them that. It's awesome. Uh, they did. They launched the uh, CGI trailer for the Resident Evil chapter, where you see Meg running through the street, and then like a brick wall behind her gets destroyed by a tentacle. A tentacle grabs her and like flings her against the cop car. And then when the camera pans back, you see that the tentacle is coming out of the arm Hentai. of the nemesis. And oh. then you see um, the the Raccoon City like Police Department is the building in the background. So we're getting a new map, which is the Raccoon City Police Department. We're getting the new killer, which is the nemesis, and new survivors, Jill Valentine and Leon Kennedy. So it's another two survivor, one killer, one map set. So it's a full DLC with everything, nine new perks. Um, they did a huge change to the gameplay on this because um, was they, what was awesome was as they ended the stream, they said, hey, the PTV is live. Go try it now. And so literally as the event ended, you could go on to Steam. And for those that don't know, it's awesome. Uh, whenever they do new content for DVD, you can play it for free if you have a Steam account and you have the Dead by Daylight game. They allow all PC users to log into the test version of their game when they're testing it, which is fucking fantastic because then you can do a survey and do feedback. 
usually it takes them too long to listen to that feedback, but at least it's there as an option and you get to try stuff out. So yeah, literally after the event ended, I played as Nemesis and did a, a one match as a survivor with trying out some of the new perks. And the the big change was the killer Nemesis has zombies that are literally walking around the map as he's as he's going around trying to kill people. So as a survivor, you have to dodge the killer like normal as Nemesis is walking around and he his M1 as he punches you in the head, which is just an awesome, fantastic attack. And it feels really cool when you play it in the game because he's a big killer. Or he hits you with the tentacle, which can give you the T-virus. And if he hits you with it a second time, you get uh, damaged. Third time, you go down. So it's like a mix between the Plague and the Death Slinger. And someone, someone said Pyramid Head. Like Nemesis is like the perfect combination of those three killers. But while he's running around the map, there's also just zombies that are just slowly walking around the map. But when they get near a survivor... Like their arms go up classic horror movie style and they try to come for you. A zombie will actually grab a survivor, bite them and give them the T-virus. And so as Nemesis, you can see wherever the zombies are on the map. And if you see that they're just shuffling along, you know there's no survivors near them. But if you see their arms go up and they start moving slightly faster, you know there's a survivor in that area. So it's cool because Nemesis can actually use his zombies to charge up his powers or leave them on the map. And use them as kind of a location service. So it's it's a way to get more information in the game. And then, yeah, they created new perks uh, for the survivors that are a huge gameplay change. Um, Leon, after, what is it, working on, like, I think it's like 70% of a generator. You can crawl into a locker, and while in that locker, you will create a flashbang grenade that you can then drop at any point in the game and blind the killer. And so it's basically like the firecracker item that's in the game but it's a survivor ability that lets you create it so you can get that perk get leon get it in your blood web to where your other survivors can learn it and you can make it to where all of your survivors have the ability every time they get a generator to 70 percent, they can go make a flashbang the same thing for jill is she can set up a landmine on the generator to where when the killer kicks it it blinds the killer and they have to redo the kick animation again to do the actual degradation of the generator and it's another item that the character can make in game so they're doing like three huge things with the zombie ai adding in the ability for the survivors to actually create items with perks and like that's all already up on the ptb to try and it's super fun and then they did the year six roadmap talking about all the new stuff they're announcing so for year six, they're going to launch a total of four killers, five survivors, and two new maps, which does include Resident Evil. So we already know what one of those killers is, two of those survivors, and one of those maps is. So over the next year, we're going to get, after Resident Evil, we will get three more survivors, three more killers, and another map. Uh, the archives is going to be four new tomes. So they're still doing their Battle Pass thing, which has been awesome. It's like they said, you know, some of the costumes on DVD are super expensive. They're like, you know, 18, 20 bucks to buy a three piece cosmetic, which is, you know, kind of outrageous where you spend $10 to buy the, the archive, which is their version of a battle pass. And during the archive, if you unlock all 70 levels of the tome, I think on the last one, you get five full cosmetic costumes, including the free one. And so it's basically a hundred dollars worth of costumes, pretty much every tome that you can get for 10 bucks. And while you're unlocking that, you also unlock another thousand Oryx cells, which is enough for you to buy the next tome. 
So it's one of those battle passes where it's built well now where if you pay for it once and you play a lot, you never have to pay for it again because you'll earn the money back to buy the next one, which is my favorite version of a battle pass. Interesting. If you pay for it once, you never have to pay for it again as long as you play a lot. And then, um, let's see, what was else they went over? Because there was, yeah, they're doing, you know, just uh, huge updates to apparently at some point they're going to redo all of the architecture of the game. Because it's, you know, over five years old since it's been live. A lot of their stuff is just outdated. Uh, a lot of the mechanics and stuff they want to update. So it looks like we're going to get, you know, they're improving game health. The Realm Beyond, which is updating all, like, the maps and stuff. Going back and retexturizing stuff. They've done so many map changes. But you still have, like, original survivors. Like, the four original survivors haven't had an update. And they've been teasing on their Twitter account showing the new versions of each one of them. Getting, like, a full new cosmetic look to where they're going to change the actual base coding of what the survivors look like. So they're going back and doing that. They're doing tweaking. They're doing improving. They're redesigning uh, core gameplay mechanics, just trying to keep everything updated and fresh because they're also looking at expecting, with Resident Evil coming to Dead by Daylight, they are expecting a huge influx of new players because Resident Evil is a giant franchise and it has a huge fan base. So if you can go, if you're just a, you know, you really love Jill Valentine or you really love Leon, you may go pick up Dead by Daylight now just to try out that game because it's another game where you can play as Leon. You won't be able to shoot any zombies. Like, I mean, I, ho- I hope they're not expecting that because they're, they're characters with gun holsters in Dead by Daylight. None of them have guns in them. Because, yeah, it'd just be way easier if you could just shoot the trapper in the goddamn head. The match would be over real quick. <laughs> yeah, so they're doing that. Uh, uh, the Realm Beyond update. Uh, the goal of updating everything from maps to animations, character models, and lighting to present the most atmospheric, immersive Dead by Daylight fans have ever seen. Uh, the challenges: Dead by Daylight is a live game that's five years old, so the way it was built isn't the way it's built now. So they're going back and redoing all their tools, their processes, their pipelines. They're basically just going to do an entire retrofit of everything in the game. Redoing terrain, redoing textures, redoing animations, redoing all the lobbies. And now that the UI has been broken down into different parts with the new UI, I think we're going to see a lot of UI updates. And then live design, uh, the two big updates they did was for killer updates moving forward, the team is hoping to review, update, and release balance patches for every new killer within the next two to three major updates after they go live on top of the hot fixes. And then they brought up a new perk type. Unlike hex hex totem perks and obsession perks, we're working on a new type of perk that's just for survivors. So in every match of Dead by Daylight, there are five dull totems. It's a stack of bones with some skulls on it. Killers can run perks that then turn those into hex totems where they're on fire, and it gives the killer some certain ability. If the survivors find it, they basically touch the bones, and it breaks, and that ability goes away. That perk turns off. So they're going to add in the new option of boon totems, which will be boon totem perks. So a survivor will be able to run a perk, that will turn a totem into a boon totem instead of a hex totem. So it's still on fire, but it'll be blue. And so what I guess we're going to get is the killers have the animation where they stomp on pallets or kick the gnome uh, that's in game right now, the lawn gnome. They're going to make it to where killers can kick a totem, a boon totem, and break a survivor totem. So killers will now be going around being able to break totems, I guess, which I don't know if you could break all of them or if you can just break boon totems, but that's... One of the new ideas that they're playing with, so the the totems would actually work for both uh, survivors and killers, and not just for survivors. Just right now in the games, killers can't interact with totems at all. 
And then the other big one they talked about was the Memento Mori update. Moris in this game are once you hook somebody twice, you can kill them the third time you down them instead of putting them on a third hook. Each killer has their own animation for when they do a Mori. So, you know, lots of killers like to do it just because it looks cool. Like, you, if you do it with Freddy, like you down someone a third time, you get the ability to Mori them. When you walk up to them, you have the option to pick them up or you can hold R2 on the controller and it says to kill them. And like Freddy like stands them up and they look around and they're in dream world. And then all of a sudden, boom, like Freddy's claw comes through their chest. Like the clown stomps their head and then cuts their finger off. Cause he's creepy. I think hag eats your liver. Like they all have an animation, which is you know really cool. Uh, but one of the things that people don't like is that you have to run an offering to be able to do Maury's. It tells the survivors that a Maury's in game. And so they know it's coming. They know how to avoid it. You know, basically if you don't get hooked twice. You can't be Maury'd uh, because of a change they made in the game. So they're revisiting Mori's and discussing a new approach where triggering them is no longer based on the killer playing and offering, but rather earning them through gameplay during the trial. This would both provide an interesting new game mechanic with new objective and strategic decision-making, as well as an opportunity for survivors to either engage with the system or not. So it says this is still in early stages. We'll likely go through several changes before being released. So they haven't finished anything on it yet, but the new idea is the killers will be able to do something in-game to earn the ability to Mori survivors, that won't have anything to do, at least the way it seems, with an offering and the hook system. So, yeah, so they got a whole bunch of changes coming. They're doing a whole bunch of other things. Uh, they got social media updates coming, tips and tricks. They said that they're going to do a whole bunch of new tutorials and ticks and tricks, redoing the whole tutorial intro system and possibly leading up to new bot matches once the whole game is actually uh, redesigned. They're looking at a new tutorial system, especially with the influx of new players they're expecting to have. They want to have it to where once you finish the tutorials, you can go do a bot match with, I guess it would be an AI killer and AI survivors, which I don't know how that would work, but I'm interested to see it. But that way you could actually learn gameplay mechanics where you're not in a game where it's going to cost you blood points or offerings or anything, but it doesn't have to be kill your friends where you have to have at least like three people to make it like worthwhile to play. So you'd be able to go in and basically do training matches, which, I mean, on a game like Dead by Daylight, learning that, hey, the first time you get put on a hook, the game tells you, try to escape. It says, hit R1, try to escape. It doesn't tell you you're going to be penalized if you try to escape. It doesn't tell you that there's only a 4% chance of getting off the hook if you try to escape. It doesn't tell you, hey, don't try to escape. Wait for your friends to come get you off the hook because that's how you're actually supposed to play the game. It doesn't tell you any of that. So they're looking at redoing all of that to try to make the game more, you know, uh, understandable. And then, yeah, adding in tips and tricks on social media and stuff for, like I said, the new influx of giant players they're calling out that they're, they're hoping to come with Dead by Daylight. They also did a call to artists. Apparently, they're going to actually hire somebody that is uh, an artist that does DVD stuff to be the new person that works for behavior that makes stuff for the merch store. So they're going to have a person that their only job is going to be making merch for the actual store that you can go buy like T-shirts and stuff. And they're looking at hiring somebody from the community, which is kind of cool. They also announced that they are doing that. They did a new pride charm in game for pride month, uh, which is uh, is June, I believe, because yeah, the whole fifth anniversary stuff actually starts June 1st. Um, Right now, you can actually go on and just type pride into this uh, the code. Uh, where you put codes in the store and Dead by Daylight and get a pride charm that's for killers and survivors, which is really cool. It's a nice little rainbow charm. And then, oh, no, it says uh, it's the, the event is actually July 1st through 15th. Wait, is it July? I thought it was supposed to be June. 
Okay, that's just, I guess it's July 1st or 15th. That's when the anniversary crowns will be available. So the crowns are something they did last year. You can go around and get the crown, and it actually puts it on your character's head. Um, I, I guess if I already have them all, I wonder if I need to do them on, I guess, just like the new survivors that have come out since the fourth year anniversary. So like I guess a Lodi and the twins don't have them, and Trickster and Yunjin. So you, you can get crowns on any of the characters that are original IP by behavior by doing the crowns in game and then they're going to do community challenges apparently based on how many people like unlock the crowns while it's happening uh, to give out uh, charms and other things on the social media accounts uh, they're doing the special items again toolboxes med kits flashlights all will have the confetti so it's cool like you finish healing somebody with a med kit for the anniversary event and it goes Bee! and you get like a little like you know like someone blew a, a whistle and then like the confetti pops up which is fun uh, they're going to do an iridescent shrine giveaway during the first week to where enough uh, when you log in, you'll get enough iridescent shrines to unlock a full original character. And then for the Shrine of Secrets, for the duration of the event, the Shrine of Secrets will shuffle every day and the cost of every perk will be 500 shards less than normal. So they're going to put new sh new perks that people may not have in the Shrine of Secrets every day and they will be at a discounted price. Uh, contest on the live stream and they also did last but not least we're giving away two incredible custom dead by daylight consoles so there's a ps5 and an xbox series s entry details haven't come out yet but it's this person actually did like they custom printed a trapper mask and then designed it to where it looks like it's busting through a brick wall and then put that brick wall into the body of an xbox and the body of a playstation 5 and each he only made two this artist and they're gorgeous they showed part of the video on it and then of course matt cote ended up wrapping up the whole thing everybody was happy there was a whole lot of good news all sorts of crazy stuff coming and then at the very end of it right before like it cut to credits it said like and they kind of put it right here on the thing it's like, and that's a wrap thanks for being part of the community here's an amazing year ahead and the they say was uh oh yeah we're getting funko pops too and then he fucking ended the stream like no information just a tease. Well, I know what you'll be buying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Funko Pops are coming. I was so stoked when I heard that. Me and my girlfriend have already decided I'm going to buy the Killers. She's going to buy the Survivors. I'm pretty sure we're going to have two full sets because, like, we're going to have to build a little campfire with, like, the Killers surrounding them, ready to murder them all. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to have a set inside the box, you know, just to keep for my collection. But, yeah. Hey, hey, Willie. There's more, more Funko Pops are coming. There's yes, more Funko Pops are Andrew, coming. I heard. I fucking heard. I'm sorry. <laughs> he looks thrilled. He does. He does. And then, yeah. So after all of that, they had all the announcements. Uh, I actually went on the PTB and I played. Um, I actually did uh, a match as Nemesis playing as the killer, which was really fun. Um, luckily, the, the match I went into, it was four survivors that were actually there to test the PTB like they're supposed to be. They weren't being toxic. They weren't being turds. They were just playing the game like normal, uh, trying stuff out. Well, there are people that go on the PTB and just not like, what I heard. Just be assholes. No, the first match I went into was great. The four survivors I was with, like they kept trying to set up the landmines on the gens with the new perk. Uh, the one that was playing as Leon kept trying to do the flashbang and hit me with it. Uh, they were trying to interact with the zombies to see how that worked, to see what gave you the T virus. And then in game, there's little chests that you can find where you get a serum and you uh, basically heal yourself from the T virus. When you do, the killer can see you do it. So. I mean, it was just so many different changes to the way the game is played that, like, people are on the PTB trying to test it out. And then, yeah, the next the next match I went to was I 
tried the survivor and tried uh, Jill Valentine to try to set up the landmine on the generator. And literally we got a nemesis that like the first thing he did was hook somebody and just face camp them and just stood in front of them and waited for them to die. And then the next person he hooked, he took them to the basement and then he just camped the basement for the rest of the game. I'm like, you're not even trying any of the new mechanics. You're just being boring. Like what the hell? But yeah. So it's even on the PTB, you're not always going to get the best people that want to just try stuff out because the PTB, none of the points you earn, you get to keep. Like all that information gets wiped until the next PTB and they clone a copy of your Steam account. So nothing that you do on the PTB actually earns you anything. It's just there for testing. And so it's weird that some people just, they still play like 100% try hard and just play sweaty. And it's ridiculous because you're supposed to be there to be testing out new features and seeing what works and what doesn't. There was a weird thing, too. I think it was every time uh, I can't remember if it was every time I used the whip or every time I did the punch with Nemesis, it would auto lock. And like as a survivor was running by, I'd try to punch him and I would turn like 90 degrees to my left. And it was the weirdest glitch I'd ever seen. We're just M1 in with a killer just doing your regular attack, jerk your camera. And so like it was a very strange glitch. And I went to try a little more PTB to see if that's still in there, if they've got it fixed. Because, yeah, that was one where it's like, OK, this will fuck up some gameplay because if you can't control which direction you're pointing as the killer, it's going to make it really damn hard to find survivors and beat them up. But man, running around as nemesis and like hearing like your zombies off in the distance, hitting stuff with the whip. And like, it's hard to like kind of aim it. Like it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a skilled killer, but he's fun. But man, you just get up next to a survivor and just punch him in the back of the head as they're running from you. And it just feels fun. I played the trickster in the PTB. He didn't feel fun then. I've played the updated trickster that's on the live game. He still doesn't feel fun. I'm not a fan of that killer. It is not made for me. Whatever. That's why there's, you know, 20 some odd different killers, different play styles. Nemesis is fucking fun. You run around and just punch people. And when you actually just punch a survivor and they just drop to the ground, it's like, yeah, <laughs> like it just feels good. Yeah. So the PTB is good. I mean, if you have access to steam and you want to try it out, it's awesome. Cause yeah, you can go play the DLC for resident evil without having to pay for it. So it's one of those games where I just love the fact that they let people test everything out before it comes out and then they get feedback. And sometimes they listen to that feedback and sometimes they take too long to listen to that feedback. But usually they do eventually listen to the feedback. And then, yeah, pops, pops, man, Funko Pops. I'm getting DVD Funko Pops. I'm so excited. Willie, you look, you're live there. Uh, Did we kill you? I think well, he's dead. My, when I snap my fingers, you'll be a chicken. <laughs> All the Funko Pops are belong to me. Fuck, fuck, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like there's a lot going on in DVD world. Willie, I know, plays. So are you excited for Resident Evil's coming? <laughs> yeah, it's and a big it, it get, looks good, too. Yeah, yeah it's a problem, big get. The problem I've been hearing about the PTB is that uh, people playing killers are playing as clowns for some reason. <laughs> no idea why. They That's just say, weird. Yeah, we're going to troll everybody by playing clowns. <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't saying that it's just the survivor side that, you know, get toxic on the PTB. It's killer side as well. Yeah, because, I mean, at least, I mean, the person I was playing with wasn't, like, really testing out anything new, but he was playing as Nemesis. So, I mean, I did get to see the new killer. Trolls going to be trolling, I guess. That's true. Trolls, Trolls are always going to be troll. Trolling. And if you own DVD, you have access to the PTB. So. Oh. And you have access to trolls on the live oh, game. I don't have ac- I own DVD and I don't have access to it. Oh, you have access to trolls. <laughs> no, no, but that's PTB. No, because you don't have it on Steam. I said it has oh, to be on I, PC. 
I never yeah, so there's lots of stuff coming, and yeah, the anniversary event's going to be a blast. They didn't actually mention it in their roadmap, but they made a huge change that they announced last year to where, like, the anniversary event, even with all the stuff that's coming in it, apparently is only going to, it's going to be, like, was it, really, was it the anniversary event and Halloween were the two big ones they were going to do, and everything else was going to get toned down? I don't remember them saying anything about toning or making yeah. things big. Yeah, well, they said because they said they were going to pick instead of trying to do, you know, a Christmas event and a Lunar New Year event. And uh, they haven't been doing that really. Well, exactly. But like because they were working from home and along with all the other restrictions and stuff that they, you know, trying to do all this other stuff in the background of the game, they made a big announcement. They're going to focus on just having two big events each year. And so I think it's basically just going to be the anniversary event and Halloween every year is going to be a huge event with items and in-game contests and different things you can do for charms where Let's lunar new year better yeah well and so like lunar new year and like any summer events or christmas events are all going to be there like it still be like maybe you know, a week of extra blood points or a blood hunt something will happen but it's where they're going to tone all of those down and spend less time and energy on them so that the anniversary events and the halloween events are supposed to be huge so they didn't made any, they didn't make any announcements about it but i'm hoping the the halloween this year should be a big fucking event. It's DVD. It's the like biggest horror game out, possibly other than Resident Evil Eight right now. Like while like while the live stream was happening, and like I I was watching puppers watch the live stream of the fifth anniversary event. There were eighty six thousand people that were still streaming Dead by Daylight and not watching the event. So like I mean, it's a game with a huge fucking player base. And, like, the fact that it doesn't have the best Halloween event every year just kind of has irked me. Like, there's been years where Apex Legends has a better Halloween event than Dead by Daylight. How the fuck does that happen? You're a horror survival game. How do you not have, and you have the most IP of any horror survival game out there. How do you not have the best Halloween event? It should be the Halloween game every year. And, yeah, fingers crossed this year, it's, it, that's what it's going to be. And Willie are going to have some fun getting all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I'll see if my girl gets it before me. Oh, yeah. And uh, Willie, she wanted you to know as well. She was very proud of herself. Uh, we played a match yesterday when I took a small break from No Man's Sky. And during the start of that match, I was a rank five and she was a rank four. For the first uh, time ever, uh, she was a higher rank than me. Yeah, she's been working very hard to try to get up to a red rank. because She had never gotten into red ranks before. And red ranks are the rank highest. Yeah, it lasted like three games. <laughs> she went back down to a five. But yeah, like it, just, she she finally made it. That playing. was her goal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what she's doing. She could keep playing. Just yeah, Willie's play style works exactly the way Dead by Daylight wants you to play the game. And so like once he got up to rank one, like you know he stayed there for a while. My play style does not really work for that. So I've always hovered between like six and an eight. I've made it to a four and a five a couple times. But yeah, yesterday was the first time my girl made it to a four. She was very happy. And I was very proud of her because yeah, she's been working on it for the past couple of weeks. She's like, I'm gonna get that goddamn red rank. To tell you the truth, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing that makes me just uh, <laughs> always up in red rank. I don't know what I don't. I just work. Hey, gins are important. We need to work on gins. Yeah, because he already has three hooks. We only got <laughs> one gin. We need to start getting these, that. So that's my mentality. They can they can stay on the hook for a little bit. I can work on this gin. Working yeah. on gins is important or running, making that's sure you true. don't get caught. Yeah. Running, looping, escaping chases make a huge difference. It's probably the game I'm probably the best at. It's not Jackbox yeah, Party Game. I think he's better at DVD. I've seen him play both. Oh, he's just upset because I'm more clever than he is. Yeah, well, 
I guess that's an opinion you have there. <laughs> that's certainly an opinion. It's a thing I certainly said. That's certainly and, one uh, hot it's take out I've in heard the today. universe now. It's one hot take I've heard today. Willie, did you have any news, anything news-wise you wanted to share? Don't worry, I'll just roll it into what I'm into. It'll be a very easy and smooth operation. That's what I was going to suggest. Is <laughs> we'll just roll on into what you've been getting into. Because I got some good. For those that aren't aware, how we wrap up the show each week is a little segment called What I'm Into. Our chance to share with you guys just what kind of geeky or nerdy things we've been getting into so that you might want to go check them out yourselves. Mr. Willie D. Nelson will kick things off with you, oh. sir. Oh, it's me. Oh, mon chali. So, um, uh, the first thing I tried this week was something new. I think it just came out the 21st. Have you heard of Knockout City? I'll tell you. Anyway. So, pretty much, it's a dodgeball multiplayer game. So far, I've seen they had like one on one, three on three, and four on four with different match variations, uh, uh, but all in between. But uh, the mechanics for it are you press R2 or right trigger. That's right, right? Trigger, bumper. Yeah, trigger to throw the ball. L2, left trigger to catch the ball. And uh, the mechanics on it are done very well. You can also press another button to do like a little spin move. Just to spin your character. If you release the ball um, during that spin... It'll pull like a little arc to put it side, come sideways. Yes, Chris. <laughs> side. If you press triangle, it'll do a little front flip. And now if you let go of it, then it'll do a lob shot. Or if you just charge it up and throw it straight at him, it'll be like fastball. But you always have a chance of catching the ball. And you could just throw it right back at him. And then they can also catch it. It happens when you... Chris. Fuck. The question is... If you can dodge a wrench, can you dodge a ball? <laughs> there are no wrenches in this. But well, the, what you can also do... Because there should be wrenches. Are the five Ds in, in there? there. There's, there's about to be a five Ds coming at you. <laughs> so, uh, what you were just talking about a couple of minutes ago? Uh, I'm taking notes. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So if you are with a teammate and there's no balls, you can uh, you can turn yourself into a ball and then go into your partner's hands and he can throw you. If you hit another opponent, they they're instantly uh, knocked out, no matter their health state. Uh, I was gonna say Why fastball special. Why am I special. getting all this? What am I was gonna I, say I fastball special. I think Marvel's gonna sue him. <laughs> You should have been here at the start. This is what you get for missing the start. It's true. It's true. You show I'm up late. I'm sorry. So it's not so knockout city. Everyone's already heard of. Why can't you just fucking tell me that instead of making me feel like a fool? No, we didn't talk about it. We didn't at talk all. about it at all. Then what is all this going on? What is going on here? This is called us effing with you. You catch it. You get knocked out. You love it. I don't know. I, I thought Chris doing the hand just was funny, so I just joined him. <laughs> So for those of you that are only listening on audio, go check out the video version of this over at youtube.com. No, gonna geek. Don't. And we yeah, are making the hand gestures yes, to accompany yes. all the motions. And if you don't like it, Willie, I got two you words get for your you. your arms out of the suck DX, it. suck it, chop, and you get out of there. <laughs> Willie, I got two words for if you don't like it. Suck yeah. it. There's your D-Generation X flashback. 
<laughs> ATGN proudly presents to you. Oh, suck it. <laughs> oh, I got Chris. I got Chris. mechanics are very good. Highly recommended. It. It's free until I think it's already over. I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> yep, my girl. I watched my girl play a couple of matches of it. She's. It was. It seemed like it was a little hard to just. had to find a ball to throw around. But I guess I don't think she realized that you could turn a partner into one and then throw. Oh, no, 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 no. You can only turn yourself into a ball. And if they're part of your partner, <laughs> okay. with you, then it helps. Uh, if you supercharge your partner uh, by charging all the way up as you th- hold it down the uh, the throw button. Uh, you actually get lobbed all the way up in the sky, and you can uh, look down as the ball, and you drop down and do an explosion. Hopefully, get one or more people out. Yeah, get, nice. Yeah, everyone has your balls. It feels great. Everyone has uh, two health state or two health, so pretty much hit once, then hit the second time, you're out. But you respawn right back in to come back into the fight. But usually, the fights, uh, if you're a three on three, it's the first to ten points score. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's best two out of three rounds, right. but the mechanics in it are very sound. Like they 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 are very intuitive. They just work. Nice, uh, easy to learn, lifetime master. You know the whole deal. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I've also um, I got Assassin's Creed Origins because the hundred dollar version was only twenty bucks and. I'm going to make this the first Assassin's Creed game I'm going to fully play through. You like it, then? Uh-huh. And hey, if you're going to do it, do it to the uh, one that's set in the very first one in the series, I guess, technically, canonically. You know, the story, uh, the origin of the So, yeah. And plus, it's Egypt. Who doesn't want to be in Egypt? It is pretty fun. The Greek one's also supposed to be really good that comes after that. My dad really Odyssey? likes it. Yeah. Oh, the name. Yeah, I'll probably try that next. My dad, though, is one of those ones. He gets an Assassin's Creed game, and he'll play through, get every single collectible, does like all of the weekly events and challenges. He puts hundreds of hours into an Assassin's Creed game. Has he done the Valhalla one? The the Viking one? Yep. So I thought that one looked kind of cool. It looks pretty cool. You remember when uh, Ubisoft took out a crossbow for historical accuracy? Back in the, I forget which Assassin's Creed, I think maybe one or two. Was it the same two. one where they said the assassin couldn't be female because of his historical accuracy? No, it was before that one. Okay. They took out his crossbow, and now look, you're fucking on a, you're fucking a Viking riding a dire wolf. Historical yeah, accuracy, man. Historical exactly. accuracy. Yeah, they should just realize, yeah, I mean, I guess it was a little bit different. Like, people want more historical guy. That's what they were going for. I get it. I get it. It's just funny to look at what you're doing now. Now. Yeah. yeah. Have, it's have, not anything. It's not a hit against them. It's just funny. Have the assassins figured out how to build a vault that they can get into before the Templars do yet? <laughs> I don't know the whole story of Assassin's Creed, so I don't know. Possibly, maybe. Just In fact, I will say, Origins so far uh, is doing a piss poor job of the storytelling. I can definitely say that because. The game started up. I know a little bit of the lore of Assassin's Creed, but you just start up as this uh, Egyptian dude way back when, and um, they don't really tell you hardly anything. You just something happened, and now you're killing this dude, and then you start the game like okay, and then I'm even a little past the little first part, and I'm still. I guess we're doing this thing. Okay. The storytelling could be done better. I can definitely say that. You got to do it. Do what? You'll enjoy it. Do that. Do it. 
play the game. I- hey, Chris, let's do it. Oh, no. Play a video game? Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, mate, let's make an OnlyFans. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, no one's going to subscribe to it, but we can make one. Oh, we're we're going to be streamers on OnlyFans. Yeah. I'm sure people Wait, really can do that. Yes. Can we do that? I doubt it, but I don't know can how we just, it really works. Uh, who's, uh, can you get kicked off OnlyFans for just streaming video games? Chris, let's do it. Untap market. Untap market. Let's tap it. Tap OnlyFans. Let's do it. There's plenty of tapping going on on OnlyFans. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Why is OnlyFans a fucking thing? Just Google boobs. You're good. They click on videos if that's what you're into. Fuck you. The world of porn is out there on the internet. Why are you paying for it? It's like a southern U.S. Who version of Jerry Seinfeld. Why is there an OnlyFans? Why not just do this? Well, <laughs> seriously, just, just so much free porn on the internet. It I, makes no sense. He missed a golden opportunity for the Willie Seinfeld character right there. It didn't mm-hmm. go for it. Willie, who likes to be different characters, is not going with Willie Seinfeld. Willie Feld? Uh, Will Feld? I'm more of a Costanza anyway. All right, that's fair. That is true. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. I just needed me to donut out the dar- garbage. Oh, yeah, he did do that. <laughs> what else you been getting into, Mr. Willie? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, nope. 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 Uh, nope. Mm, I started playing Hood still. Uh, Dead by Daylight. Uh, Assassin's Creed. Knockout City. Still fucking awesome. Made a crew. We're called the Dirty Dice. I named it. Uh, haven't been able to play D&D. That's a whole thing that's not, that I don't have time for. Uh, other than that, I guess nothing really, sadly. Huh. Yeah, fair enough. At least you've been getting some good gaming time in. I'll go next. I'll keep it relatively quick because I was looking at the time. I've been you playing look- Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I am halfway through Mass Effect 2 right now. I love the game, and one of the things I've most enjoyed is they've added the photo mode in there where you can be in a scene, go out, hit photo mode, do different filters, move the camera around, stuff like that. I have had a lot of fun with it. There are some folks on the Mass Effect subreddit that are far better than me at posing photos that are just absolutely hilarious. So photo mode is actually kind of a good one for it. They just added it? Yeah, it was added as part of the legend. Oh, okay, okay. So they came out with the legendary edition. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like, okay, yeah. I thought you meant like they just now added like after its release. No, no, no. I it, thought it, sorry, cool. I, let me rephrase. The original version of the it. game did not have it, but legendary edition, they put a photo mode in for all three games. And I've had fun just doing random photos of showing my shepherd as a badass. Pretty great. Let me guess, is it default shepherd? I did use default shepherd this time, yes. Mostly because I didn't want to take the time to make a face that I actually liked on there is honestly what it came down to because it takes a while to actually get something that doesn't look super creepy like Willy, but it, although they do need to fix the uh, facial hair aspect <laughs> on uh, the Mass Effect face creator because it doesn't really do a good job of letting you have beards anymore because of how they did get perfect. Neither here nor there. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is really good. They took everything that worked with the game, made it better. And they basically made the graphics work a lot better and look a lot prettier and took some of the gratuitous uh, ash shots of Miranda out of the game because it never really made sense back in the day. Damn I mean, it. don't get me wrong. I find Yvonne Strahovski a very attractive woman. But in Mass Effect 2 originally, there were scenes where it would literally just be like her ass centered on camera so you could look and see Shepard talking to her. I'm like, why are we doing this? 
<laughs> it was a different. See, now I don't even yeah. know if I want to buy it. I well, mean, now I don't even originals. know if I want to buy it. Uh, I guess that's true. <laughs> it's still my favorite game series that Bioware has made. The world that's built. And I will actually say, I think they were able to make the gameplay better in Mass Effect 1. It's not as good as 2 and 3 because it's a product of 2007 RPGs. So it's a little clunky at times, but they made it actually viable to be an infiltrator class. And the bullet goes where you aim instead of having the arbitrary drift system that they had in bullet paths in Mass Effect 1. And then they also fixed the controls for the Mako. So those are all really good things. Uh, what I should have been doing but didn't realize is on Friday the new season of Lucifer started, and I didn't realize that until late last night and went, well, I'm not going to start what, excuse me, the back half of season five of Lucifer started. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to start it yet. I will probably watch at least an episode of it this afternoon before I go out to dinner with some friends, and then before at 8 p.m. I spend some of my hard-earned money to watch another wrestling pay-per-view because it's that time once a quarter to watch AEW's latest pay-per-view. This week is Double or Nothing. Wait. They only do it four times a year? They only do pay-per-views four times yeah. a year. Okay, I didn't know that. Which yeah, they makes... do their quarterly instead of like WWE, which does one every month or two a month sometimes. Now, the trade-off with WWE, really want your money. though, is if you subscribe to the network for like yeah. 10 bucks a month, you get all the pay-per-views. AEW which doesn't have is... that, so I'm paying yeah. 50 bucks a quarter to watch a pay-per-view. I mean, I don't mind. It's good entertainment. This, this, and for those that are unaware or don't really follow AEW wrestling, double or nothing is the equivalent to WWE's WrestleMania is how they've described it. So this is their biggest pay-per-view of the year. Which and for is, anyone who doesn't know, wrestling is just uh redneck anime. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> it does sort of work. So I'll be watching that tonight. It's a pretty decent card. I love me. Before we, toss, before yeah. we toss things over to our guests to close things out though, Mr. Anthony Bachman, what you mean? Uh, let's see. Yeah, because I uh, playing Dead by Daylight. Uh, I had to go play a little No Man's Sky because there was a, uh item added onto an expedition. So now I have something from Mass Effect that Chris doesn't. It's true. He does. <laughs> he does. I actually, yeah, I, I went through. Uh, I hadn't done any of the expeditions since they started doing that. So I had literally no idea how to do it. Um, started it up a couple days ago. There's five phases. Each phase, you have five things you have to accomplish. Found out yesterday, you don't actually have to accomplish the entire expedition to unlock the Normandy. You actually can jump just to phase five and do just the steps in phase five. Uh, but finished all of the parts of phase five yesterday, and I actually unlocked the Normandy in No Man's Sky. So I have that as a frigate that's unlocked in my game now, which I don't know if that means like if you go and if I go and play my old save, if I can then find that frigate in the game. Or if I have to play a new save file to have it unlocked in like the universe I'm in. I don't know how that works yet. Or if it's just on the one save file for that expedition. But I guess whenever you do a new expedition, you have to do a new save file. Which is weird because you're starting off with a new randomized character, randomized items, different... Uh, uh, you get a random freighter. You get you know just random stuff in your backpack. Uh, random add-ons for your gun and your exosuit, which was kind of cool. Um but yeah, so it was weird. It was, you know, playing the expedition was a very new, a new way of playing that game, but really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun with it. And yeah, like that's something that I know that that's a thing. Like I'll be doing all the expeditions as they come out. And yeah, like the next one, yeah, when it starts, I will, I will actually check it out day one instead of trying to do it all in like the last three days. Cause I think it has to be finished by today or tomorrow. So there was very little time left to get the Normandy once we heard about it last week. But yeah, got that done. Yeah, saw that Lucifer came out, but have not watched it yet. Been waiting to watch that. Uh, actually, 
decided to drop the money and started watching nobody last night, but it was a little too late at night because we went out to dinner and just had a fun day and then uh, was just too tired to finish it, but started watching that. And Bob Odenkirk is a badass is actually really interesting and he plays it really well. I need to um, see this. Yeah. I'm one of those people like I, I haven't seen any of better call Saul. I've watched all of breaking bad and just like, it's like I need to be in the right mindset to watch that type of show. And like, I love the idea that his character got a spinoff show, but I've literally seen none of Better Call Saul. So like, I know a bit about Bob Odenkirk, but not too much. And yeah, watching him in uh, like, I, I basically watched like the first 40 minutes of Nobody last night. And it is a damn interesting movie. Um, picked up some comics at a sale at my local store. They were having a buy two, get a free trade paperback. So I'm uh, a good chunk of the way into the Black Vortex story, which was a big Marvel crossover event that I didn't watch. I didn't read any of. So reading that. Um, finished up the first two Excalibur volumes by uh, uh, Teeny Howard, which uh, the, with the new launch of the all the new X books when they did all the changes, which that was pretty interesting. Uh, they're in the Comicsology uh, Unlimited app, so I'm still loving that app because man, like seven bucks a month, and I just can't seem to run out of graphic novels to read, which has also made it easy for me for my Goodreads number at like sixty a year. So my goal every year is to read six or so books, and yeah, I got. I think I'm past the 30 mark already. I think I'm like five books ahead of schedule for finishing books for the rest of the year. So doing good on that. And then, yeah, I actually had this guy TBD. Oh yeah. And then, um, I had a pre-order show up and I got to say that, uh, you know, as a huge star Wars fan, I've always loved star Wars, sis, Jedi's droids. Like I just love me some star Wars, but for some damn reason, when those, the new trilogy came out, the last two movies, when I finally found my favorite Star Wars character, I've had to buy so many different versions of him because I don't know why, but I have to have them all. And this one finally showed up the other day, a pre-order from Target, and it's so big, it's actually wearing my sailor hat from the Navy. That's how big the head is on this Funko Pop because I got a larger-than-life-size Babu Freak. It's the 10-inch... 10 inch freaking Babu, and he's so big, he's actually wearing my hat from the Navy. But yeah, they actually, you know, it's got his giant little, you know, welder goggles on it. Like, and it's a, and it's an actual bobblehead. And it's one of the ones, it, it weighs like 10 pounds. That's like, nuts. it's so big. Yeah. This Babu freak is bigger than the one in the movie. So it's not even life size because, like, he's not this large in the film. And yeah, it, it weighs like six pounds. It's huge, and I love it. And he's got the he's got the galaxy's coolest mustache. Like the world's the world. He's he's the greatest droid mechanic ever. I love it. But yeah, I got I got giant Babu freak now. I'm so happy. <laughs> Congratulations on your acquiring of Babu freak. Because I need I need I need more Funko Pops. You exactly, know? more and more actually, all the time. We we've been good. We've actually been like looking at stuff. It's like okay, we need to tone down our spending, not go crazy. But th- like when one like that pops up, it's like okay, no, that's my favorite character. I'm going to get that one. And yeah, Funko Ween. They just did a bunch of announcements. Like there's so many cool ones coming out. They're doing Gremlins. Um, they're doing a bunch of Luchador versions of DC superheroes. Just a ton of announcements. Oh, they're doing a, a live the John Carpenter film. So you can get the Rowdy Roddy Piper character, the one who had the famous line, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Like, like they're doing some just crazy new Funko Pops. But yeah, not going nuts for all those, but man, I had to get me the Babu Freak. Because that's what I'm into. Well, congratulations. You've gotten some cool stuff. 
Peter, why don't you wrap things up for us? What you been getting into and where can folks find you online if they want to get into more of your shenanigans? Well, good news. There's actually uh, there's actually some forward movement on where you can find me. Um, Ten years ago, I did an online comic strip called Stress Puppy. It was a uh, corporate humor uh, comic strip. And uh, Troma, uh, those fine folks, have agreed to run a revival of it. So I've been doing new strips on my Instagram and my LinkedIn and my Facebook. And Troma will be once a month updating with the strips that I have done uh, that I've done for that month. So uh, real soon, you're going to start seeing Stress Puppy on Troma Now's uh, website in their comic section. So you're going to be able to follow my antics. On tra- I'm actually a Troma alumnus now. Nice, nice. Nice. That's a true, yes. I've wanted to be with Trauma ever since I discovered B-movies. So, Peter, I've always found you traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, Taxi says. So, I yeah, thought he'd so, like that. I thought oh, he'd like yes. that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, so Taxi. So those of you looking to follow my antics, you're going to be able to follow them on trauma before too long, probably nice. within like a couple of weeks. So that's it. So be sure to check it out there and uh, tell them and tell them I said, hi, nice. uh, as for what I've been getting into, um, I renewed my Disney plus subscription. Uh, I got it for one month when uh, the Phineas and Ferb movie came out and I let it lapse. I have renewed it because I had heard about a cartoon show and I decided to try it called Wander Over Yonder. It's created by Craig McCracken, who did uh, the Powerpuff Girls and uh, and Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Um, it takes a little bit for me to try Disney because I'm so used to how they push things in a certain direction. You know, once again, it's like, well, it's Disney. Well, great. What else you got for me? Uh, McCracken wanted this to be a throwback to the old Looney Tunes cartoons. And it is a riot. This thing is funny and uh the basic gist of it is uh, is wander is he's just a good guy he's the, he's the southern type person who just sees the good in everybody and just wants to help and uh he has a faithful steed named sylvia who is kind of the muscle and she's kind of the more cynical of the two and they just travel around the galaxy helping people and getting into weird adventures there's also his nemesis lord hater who uh, basically uh, Wander just keeps trying to make him smile and be his friend, and Hater is not having it. And the whole thing is just a scream. The last episode I watched was called The Prisoner, where uh, where Lord Hater's uh, the commander of his watchdog's peepers, manages to capture Wander. But Wander gets away and just wreaks havoc on the ship and is just so full of so many great slapstick gags. It is hilarious. It is it, it was only two seasons for some reason. I don't know why, but I don't care. It's two seasons, and this thing is a gem. If you want to laugh, this is what you want. Uh, it is definitely worth the price of a one-month Disney Plus subscription just to stream them all. So, Wander Over Yonder, great, great stuff. I also uh, picked up my first one-up arcade cabinet. It's Ooh. a uh, it, it's uh, the special uh, Pac-Man edition that has 12 games and a light-up marquee. Uh, I decided to get this mainly because I've been hesitant about the one-ups because I wasn't sure, you know, what to do with them or anything like that. My buddy Chester, he got he got the Street Fighter one. Uh, keep in mind that Chester and I we bonded over games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, and he broke the controller in the first week. He's like, "Can you please look it over? You know this stuff, Pete." <laughs> um, yeah, the joyst- the joysticks on a regulation Mortal Kombat machine. 
The centering spring is rated for six pounds. Out of one up arcade, it's rated for one. Yeah, so, the tiny like, spring. I broke yeah. mine as a mine actually the joystick, one of them popped off as I was putting it together. And I literally had to take the console piece apart and look at it and figure out what happened. And literally just the C clamp had fallen off. And so it just let everything come off of it. And like I was able to put it back together, which thank God. But yeah, like uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, uh, he gave me, he, he uh, treated me to a couple of McDonald's uh, value meals, but I be- nice. I, be- I beefed it up uh, so that it could actually, you know, take punishment. But I went with the Pac-Man because you don't have as many hard throws as you do with a with a game with a fighting game, and uh, it also has Mappy, which is a game that I can't stop playing ever. Uh, it's not the greatest game in the world, but it just charms me, and I play it every chance I get. And it's also got a game on it called uh, called Rompers that I've never heard of. I've never seen it anywhere. So this is actually going to be the first time I play it when I put this machine together. So I've got a one-up arcade, and I've been enjoying Wander Over Yonder and just uh, you know working on Stress Puppy Revival and doing my thing. So that's what I've been getting into. Oh, and also, welcome to the studio of Pimps. It is a pretty sweet studio. We were talking about it. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to fill it with things that that either inspired me or motivated me. So that's why I've got things like so that's why I've got you know the Trey Parker poster behind me. Uh, there's the Frank Show uh, Stud Monkey certificate. You know, just things that make me go. That's what I I want more of this. This is what I want to do, and that's that's where it comes from. So everything in here has some kind of import to me. Well, it looks a, really good. On that note, though, guys, looking at the time, it is time for us to start wrapping things up. A friendly reminder to everyone who's streaming this live right now. We do go live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Geeks.live. Yes.live is a valid extension. And then I'll take you to the network. While you're there, you can scroll down the calendar and see an upcoming listing of all of the other live events that you can come check out. So please feel free to check those out. And before we shut this stream down, one big thing. It's been a while. It's always a ton of fun. And... We had fun today. I hope you did too. Oh yeah. That's little Negan there. He wants us to shut, shut this... that shit down. There you go. <laughs> well, far be it for me to argue with uh, Negan himself. I guess we'll start <laughs> shutting this thing down and say, thank you, Peter, for joining us. And thank you everyone who watched live or listens to a later date. We'll be back next week for more uh, of our typical horse shit shenanigans. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the all things good and nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us, atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com, on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.